I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, the controversy over drugstore closures and shoplifting in San Francisco. Last week, Walgreens said it will close five stores in the city. The reason? Company leaders cited the cost of dealing with rampant shoplifting. That announcement touched on what has become a more and more divisive issue in San Francisco. That is, the city's approach to property crimes like shoplifting and car break-ins. What is clear is that some people want the city to be tougher on crime. What is also clear is that many people see fear of crime itself as dangerous, as society reckons with the failures and inequities of the criminal justice system. At The Chronicle, one thing we did was run the numbers on shoplifting reports at the five Walgreens stores set for closure. The results were surprising to say the least, and raise questions about the company's public statements. We're going to get into all of that with my two guests, Chronicle reporters Shwanika Narayan and Susie Nielsen. Shwanika, I want to start with you. Let's let's start with Walgreens. What did it say when it announced it was going to close five stores in San Francisco? Yes, so Walgreens said last week that it would be closing five stores in the city, and so that brought the total number of stores they've closed in the last five years to 22. Now, the reason they said they were closing this specific five was that organized retail crime um, had just gotten way out of hand. Um, and then the, the retail company said that the theft across its San Francisco locations uh, had increased five times the chain's average. And so that was the specific reason that the these five stores were going to be closed. But Chuanica, there was an immediate reaction to that. And, and in a sense, a question of how bad is, is shoplifting? How bad is it for Walgreens? And how might it relate to things like the emergence of Amazon and the pandemic keeping people out of the stores? Yeah, so there's there's actually a lot of factors going on. Now, Walgreens, you know, is a little tight-lipped about other things that might be the reasons about why it's closing. They're very sort of steadfast that, you know, it's retail theft or organized crime that's the reason. Um, But as the pandemic has shown, and even before the pandemic, retail stores had a lot of vacancies, uh, which has been exacerbated by the pandemic. And then online competition, which is something that was already a threat uh, to physical storefronts, has just grown during the pandemic. Store closings were also a, a big part of the company's cost savings plans, which which they announced in 2019. Um, and on their Thursday earnings call, they actually said that they might be um, it looks like that the company is pivoting more into health services. They announced some pretty big acquisitions uh, of these health at home health care services. So there's just a, a multiple sort of like factors going on at once uh, that could be different reasons about, you know, what they're doing. So let's talk about shoplifting a little bit, Susie. What do the statistics citywide tell us and what do the statistics in these particular stores tell us? Well, First of all, I will caveat this by saying the statistics can only tell us so much about shoplifting in the city because, as many folks have pointed out, shoplifting is very underreported. So, you know, many shoplifting incidents can happen and retailers will not call the police and not report the incident. But what we have done as a team, as the data team, is we've looked at monthly incidents that were reported to police. And, you know, you would think that even if incidents are underreported the if there's a spike in shoplifting you know if only 10% of incidents are reported each month you'll still see a spike in the data if there is a spike in incidents in a given month or a series of months and what we found actually is that the percentage or the number of reported incidents 
um, has actually decreased since the pandemic began. And that's likely because fewer stores have been open. So there have just been fewer opportunities for shoplifters. Um, however, as businesses have started opening up again, those numbers are starting to increase again. And then what we found specifically with this story on Walgreens is that you know, Walgreens is saying that they're experiencing these huge surges in shoplifting at these five stores, but um, the stores that we looked at had fewer than two recorded shoplifting incidents a month on average since 2018. And one of the stores set to close had only seven reported shoplifting incidents so far this year. Um, so you're really not seeing in the data this surge that Walgreens is talking about. And um, I've been interested in getting Walgreens data side of the story since this summer when this viral video of a shoplifter sparked this big debate about shoplifting in the city. And so I reached out to Walgreens. I asked them for their own data on shoplifting because they said these numbers had soared and they have consistently refused to provide us with any kind of detailed data beyond some slides that they provided um, at police meetings and things like that. So we wish that we could have more detailed data and more insight, but we are not getting it from the company. But you mentioned underreporting. Do we know how much shoplifting is underreported in San Francisco? No, we do not. Um, that would be a very, very helpful thing to know. And I think if we were to get more data from the company, it could help us kind of triangulate that and learn exactly, um, you know, say we figured out how much the company factored in losses from shoplifting into their revenue and things like that. Um, but we really don't know the factor by which uh, shoplifting is underreported. We do have some stats from um, certain things like the National Crime Victimization Survey does a survey on how many um, victims of crimes report to the police. And I know consistently with larceny theft nationwide, it's under 50% of these victims are reporting the crime. So we know it's significantly underreported, but we really don't know by how much. Shwanika, why do we care so much in San Francisco, whether Walgreens is closing because of Amazon and a pivot to health services versus shoplifting? Right. So this gets into a very big divide in the city right now. We have one camp that's saying that this is a huge problem for retailers and for small businesses and even for some consumers um, who may get caught up in this incidence. Uh, the other camp is saying that this is, you know, a push to get more law enforcement involved. Right. So it gets into this debate happening right now about Prop 47, which is the state law that reduced um felonies to misdemeanors when it comes to petty crime. It gets into Chesa Boudin and whether or not, um, you know, the city in general is too lenient on petty crime. Uh, but on the other hand, there is a real concern about the rhetoric employed uh, around this issue and whether or not the sort of gains we've had in reducing incarceration or other kinds of punitive treatments that disproportionately affect black and brown folks, uh, whether or not that is being called into question and being challenged. And there's a real worry uh, to sort of like backtrack or backslide um, on that front. OK, I want to get more into that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and a reminder about our fifth admission listener survey. We've gotten some great feedback so far. But we still want to hear from you at sfchronicle.com slash survey. After this, more from Susie Nielsen and Shwanika Narayan. 
You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support this show and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Chronicle reporters Susie Nielsen and Shwanika Narayan. Susie, I want to just talk about data for a minute with you. You you and your team have been looking at crime stats in California. There is a huge debate. People always feel like crime is out of control. And San Francisco has had a big property crime problem in recent years, especially with the car break-ins. Tell us how you sort of go about that, running the numbers and why that's important. Yeah. So this is something I think about all the time. It's one of the I think trickiest problems we grapple with, or at least I grapple with as a data reporter who focuses on crime, is how to make sense of all these numbers. Um, Because crime data is famously difficult to work with and famously unreliable. So one thing I try hard to do is look at longer term trends. So trends over many years and decades rather than month to month, because there's so much noise in this data. So you could say, like, for instance, um, shoplifting numbers in San Francisco increased by a lot in September, but that was just one month and then they went kind of back to normal. And we looked at that and it looks like it's all coming from one store. So these numbers are difficult because they can indicate something other than, oh, this crime is way up in San Francisco because of this reason, you know? So in San Francisco, we know two things kind of, I would say we know two things for sure. Number one, this city struggles with property crime. We have consistently higher rates of property crime than other cities in the state. And there are a number of possible reasons for that. So this researcher I speak with a lot, um, Magnus Lofstrom at the Public Policy Institute of California has said that part of the reason San Francisco struggles a lot is because it has a very dense population with a lot of income inequality of people that live really close together. So take a neighborhood like the Mission. There are a lot of very high income people and a lot of lower income people. And that proximity leads to more opportunities for property crime. And so the other thing we know about San Francisco is that its violent crime rate has declined steadily for decades. So after reaching a high around the 1990s, violent crime has steadily declined. And the pandemic actually upended that a bit. So homicides went up in the city for the first time in a very long time. Um, I believe they went up by 20%, but other violent crimes decreased even more than they had in the past. And it'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming years, whether this homicide increase is part of a longer-term trend or whether it'll go back to declining. But that's kind of all we can really say. But Shwanika, getting back to you, some people, though, are saying, we know the reason why property crime is bad in San Francisco. It's because they're so lenient there. And they're watching some of these viral videos and they're saying, why don't they stop these people? So in June, we saw a video of a pretty brazen theft that happened at a San Francisco Walgreens. We see a guy cycle into a store, fill up a trash bag with stolen goods and very casually just write out. Right. And so many people ask, well, why couldn't anyone, especially the security guard, just sort of like topple him over and stop him? Um, A lot of these retail stores, especially the chains, have policies in place that prohibit that kind of um, action. Um, And so really what the stores can do is report. Uh, They're not really going to, you know, put themselves in harm's way and and maybe 
customers in harm's way by sort of trying to tackle um, uh, a thief, really, that is doing this. Um, but, but that viral video, uh, I think, was, was immense in forming people's opinions uh, about how bad or perceivably bad crime was in San Francisco. Um, and this particular incident is used as an example, right, by those who are looking for more, uh, I guess, like more aggressive and more forceful approaches to policing in the city. So, Susie, that takes us back to, I think, this larger question, which is, okay, people say that shoplifting and car break-ins are out of control in San Francisco. But on the other hand, when you look at this stuff, there's a larger debate going on about what we should do about crime in general and what society should do. Well, first off, I wanted to just say that these things like this viral video are nothing new in terms of driving conversations around crime. Like, I think the media in general... Um, has a problem with conflating a single experience or single anecdote with a trend. And so you see this one video drive this very intense conversation around shoplifting when what we're hoping to do with The Chronicle is look more at the numbers, look more at trends to figure out what exactly the problem is. Um, But then I think the other thing that you're seeing with this video is on the one hand, you have people taking this video and saying, oh, this means that crime is out of control and we need to really crack down on the criminals in our city. And then on the other hand, you have a lot of progressives saying, no, we do not want to engage with this video because any kind of rhetoric that employs harsh language or this idea that we need to punish more will just erode all of the years of gains that we've made on progressive policies that we're seeing with you know, people like Chase Boudin, who progressives very much support. And, you know, we actually did an analysis this year to find that he had reduced the jail populations um, by a lot and even more than other counties during the COVID pandemic. So his policies are clearly having an impact in that way. And so progressives are very loath to give up on those gains. To be clear, Shwanika, both things can be true, right? Shoplifting can be an issue in San Francisco. And also it's important why Walgreens is closing these stores. Absolutely. Again, our article is not saying that shoplifting doesn't exist or that Walgreens revenue isn't impacted by retail theft in general. We know that that is the case. But what we're trying to do is very specifically examine their reasoning. And they have said that the cause of the closures is retail theft. Um, And we've used the data that has been provided by SFPD, and Susie's explained some of the caveats around that. Uh, And also, we don't have data, even though we've requested Walgreens uh, to provide us with some uh, to sort of like be a little bit more evidence-based, and we don't have that. So there's a lot more reasons and factors that are going into the shuttering of the stores than just this one thing. Got it. All right. Let's leave it there, guys. Shwanika Narayan and Susie Nielsen, thanks for joining me. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to my guests today, Chronicle reporters Susie Nielsen and Shwanika Narayan. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. <laughs> 